Oh, nice. Start off as we mean to go on over a coffee. What are you drinking today? Good morning. Linda? I have got, I assume, an Eastgate flat white. Oh, yeah, I made it. You made it. Yeah, I made yeah. it. It is an Eastgate flat, flat white. white. It's, we're in that, I don't know when you'll listen to this, you two, but. <laughs> you two? Listeners. What do you mean, two? No, actually, you two. No. <clears throat> oh, I would be so made up if you two. I don't think Bono. Listen, Bono is like one of my heroes. No. Anyway. Coffee matters most when cared for from plant to cup. We're committed to roasting and delivering a coffee drinking experience to be remembered. This podcast is brought to you by Cielo Coffee. Coffee, 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 coffee. The, uh, the heat wave of 2022, isn't it? We're doing, we're doing this one in the, we're doing the intro in the, yeah, the that three day. days of tropical oh. weather. <laughs> Oh, it's so, been a long time coming. Flat white in the morning is doable, and then Short it's going to be, uh, well... Roasting. Why are you roasting so much at the moment in there? Because you've booked lots of festivals and church hey. holidays, and yeah, I've got to roast a lot Amazing. of coffee. Amazing. We are, for those of you that know we have a coffee company as well, we are doing five festivals, aren't we? We're working five. with in the space of four festivals and one church holiday. Yeah. In the space of... Two and a half weeks. Two and a half weeks. And um, they're in three different showgrounds. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say this is why I married you, but I think this is just part and parcel of marrying well, you. Well... Ideas, man. You know, we don't want to get bored. But there's a lot of coffee to roast on a hot day. So if you're going to, let's list them quickly, Focus. Yeah, I am. Is, uh, you are. <laughs> <laughs> the Dreaming the Impossible Festival. Limitless. Limitless Festival. Satellite Festival. Three of those are youth festivals, so don't go if you're not a youth. And 61 is. And then 61 is a students and yeah. 20-somethings. I must have to get to that then, with it being my, my demographic. <laughs> 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 it's the one which you know you want to pretend don't you? you kind of feel do you always feel like you're just always in your 20s yeah I'm going to be the one that they're like how come she's here she's like 45 we'll just pretend I'll still be just throwing shapes on the uh, dance floor <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's why you're not going to that one um, no you, you, are, you, you are I hope we're still working that out but it's going to be so much fun I'm absolutely buzzing for it we're two and a half weeks off it better be like starting. this and I want some in tropical my head, weather it is a scorcher well, the whole way. You always think that. And then uh, relax. So what have we got? In fact, you know, busyness is quite a topical for today, isn't it? Because we've got an immense conversation. We have. For you guys. It today. was really fun. Really fun. What a nice guy. So um, we came across. So we got Tim Scherer on our podcast today. Yeah. All the way from the US of A. <laughs> yeah, we're going international. <laughs> the wonders of Zoom. What lockdown has gifted us. I know. I mean, it would have been better if we'd have said we flew out, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, but, but not for the planet. Not for the planet. Just for our personal gain. We really didn't need to. <laughs> so we had an amazing time chatting with Tim about his new book, The Secret Society of Success, which is available yeah. now. And... 
Yeah, it's on Amazon, isn't it? He's got it on his Instagram, if we can... We'll, we'll on tag him on Instagram, yeah. because he's a great one to follow. And this is a game changer. I just really think it's a game changer for helping us redefine what success is. It's just such an important thing. Isn't yeah. it? I first came across... Well, when did we first... We first came across Tim, because we've worked with Dale, who you've heard on one of our podcasts before. Yeah who works with StoryBrand, and Tim was kind of the right-hand man to... COO, I think COO. I don't know what that is, but it sounds really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very good at the it business. It sounds amazing. Thing, I might am I a CEO? No, I am. No, you're CEO. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, of Donald Miller, who founded StoryBrand, and StoryBrand has really helped us yeah. redefine who we are, really. I guess in that kind of, in some ways, it helps us position ourselves of what we're passionate about and what do we bring to the world as a company. Yeah. And how do you present that to people? And what Tim's doing is really quite similar, but in a very personal way. Like, what is my success? Exactly. What is success to me? And I, I find... It's like not chasing the spotlight stuff, isn't it? And not having to be the tip-top of everything to claim its success or step yes. on people on the way up to climb somewhere so it's not that it's not classic what we're told is success but your personal success i guess it's kind of fulfillment stuff isn't it it's really 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 crucial stuff i was so yeah. excited when tim posted that he was going to be um writing about this and in fact I, I commented on a few of his posts saying this is this is going to be so important and then I must have commented enough times for him to go, okay, should I come on your podcast? <laughs> <laughs> because it is really good. So get hold of it. It's on Amazon or any book Yeah, it's audio and shop. everything. There's options. He's got a podcast as well, hasn't he? So we'll have to put all the info on. We will. So listen to it. But um, it's, it's really good. It's not, and I love that he's not saying anything's wrong. So even being the top of the ladder is not a wrong thing. It's just, well, how do we define success for me today? It's your heart even? position in it, isn't it? Because I find running a small business, which we've done for, you know, coming up 15 years now, haven't we? And so much, you run in a vision level and then you run in a day-to-day -day level and it can be so easy to forget what's success for me today Yeah. and just feel down that you're not at your five-year vision yet or something like, yeah, anything yeah. like that. It just can really get you. And uh, I think some of the tools he has which we'll discuss in this interview are really you know empowering for us to go how do we just enjoy each day yeah let's have a listen here he is tim shura tim shura it's so good to have you on our podcast thank you Welcome, for joining tim. us <laughs> tim uh you've got a new book out we're looking forward to talking about secret society of success but you know there's moments in life where you kind of are journeying something and then you come across something like a book or someone talking and or uh you know a podcast or something and you're going man this is so important for our stage in life and what we've been going through and this is one of those moments actually for yeah. us we've just thought there was we had such a connection to this topic this theme that you've written about and it's been uh, uh only gone and and exceeded our expectations and really helped us in our life as we've read the book and got into it so we're really excited to chat to you today and unpack a bit more so how are you how are you doing today 
Oh, I'm I'm feeling great talking to you guys. This is really <laughs> kicking my day off well. So I'm pumped to be here. This is great. So you're so people will notice if they don't know of you yet, they will soon. But you're you've got a slightly different accent to us. So where are you? I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. And if you want me to turn oh, up wow. the southern thing, I totally can. <laughs> I'll I'll just start talking real southern. So I grew up in Kansas City. Missouri and in Kansas City, there is no accent. It is very straight. And I moved to Nashville in 2007. And my yeah. goal was to walk away with an accent. I just Amazing. wanted something. And so now living here for as long as I have, I, I do feel like I have a little some Southern uh, twang and I'm proud of it. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll re- I love it. So right. I think it's yeah, so yeah. fun. I love it. So before we kick in any more, anyway, we do need to unpack something we do have in common as well. We were both wannabe rock stars. <laughs> oh man, I want to hear you your cut, story. Cut me out with this. <laughs> I spent I spent many a year trying to trying to be the next Coldplay, the next U two, but here we are, and we're oh, now. <laughs> no regrets. But that it's such funny. a strange so. I'll, I'd love to actually get into that because it's been such an interesting journey that I've been on over the last 15 years. And um, this story for me, you know, I'll tell a little story about Apollo 11, because I really feel like yeah. this story helped shape a lot of the ways that I'm looking at my life and career now. And, you know, I'm sure all of us are familiar with Apollo 11. You have Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, you know, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Yeah. But what a lot of people don't know is there's actually a third astronaut on that mission, and his name was Michael Collins. So here you have Michael Collins, the guy Ubers Neil and Buzz to the moon, <laughs> drops, <laughs> drops them off, and then they do various tasks on the moon's surface while he stays in the command module and orbits the moon something like 26 times yeah. until the guys are ready to be picked yeah. up and brought back to Earth. And what would make it a really miserable story is if Michael were to get back, sit down with the press and say something like, well, it sure would have been nice to actually walk on the moon, and, you know, acted like a victim, tried to take the spotlight away from yeah. the mission as a whole. But that's not at all what happened. And in fact, what he told the press was how content he was to have had one of those three seats. He was happy to be part yes. of the team. And so my question is, why is it that to be successful, we feel like we have to step into the spotlight, climb the ladder, right. you know, be the boss. Do we have to walk on the moon to be happy? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because there's a season in my life when I wanted to be the next John Mayer, but I would have loved to be Chris Martin and Coldplay as well. I would have taken either of those. That would be. Yeah, it would be fine. And so my thing was, I didn't really step into music with the motivation of, you know, I can help people with my music. I just wrote some songs, had some CDs, and I was just wanting to be yeah. famous because it just felt like that's the thing that I was being told I should want, that I should mm. chase. And, you know, what I've learned over the last several years is what I'm looking for is a life and a career of meaning and fulfillment. And that wasn't happening as I was trying to chase this thing that I was being told I should chase. And in fact, the more I've settled into roles behind the scenes, the more I've served alongside somebody else and let them yeah. be the one who could kind of take the lead, I actually have found myself just kind of be at rest. I was like, oh, okay. 
I don't have to keep striving and chasing this thing, this definition of success that just really wasn't feeling right to me. And if I had to imagine, there's a lot of people listening that may feel the same way, right? They're running a business. Yeah. They're a part of a team, you know, whatever, maybe they stay at home and, you know, with family, they're taking care of kids. And there's this part of us that just feels like I'm doing what I love to do. Why do I have to chase yeah. this thing? So I think that's really for me been what I've been wrestling with for so long is trying to find how these things connect. Yeah, no, it's good. Yeah. And, and I mean, firstly, I didn't realize Uber had been going that long. <laughs> I think I had a moment actually where because sometimes you journey things don't you and you don't quite realize till you reflect back what's been going on and and I when I did a, I was a did my music thing for about eight years that came to an end not very you know just, just with quite a bit of sadness and it just wasn't happening um so we moved into doing other things and actually moved into coffee which was really exciting but when I had I suddenly had a moment about two or three years into doing the coffee with Linda and I was like actually I'm doing things that are very similar to what I always wanted with music which was I always really wanted to just make someone's day and I always yeah, wanted yeah. to just kind of bring a bit of a bit of the funness of life out and for me I thought I had to be this famous rock star to do that and I suddenly looked back and went well, I'm doing the same thing. And I felt so much more satisfaction yeah. in, you know, in, and enjoyment in actually, that was cool trying to do the music thing. It didn't happen. I don't, I'm, you know, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, but I'm equally as happy doing this where I get to just brighten someone's day in a cafe, you know, by just serving them well, and creating a moment. Yeah. And for me, it's the same thing. I started thinking through what was it about music that I was really chasing and, you know, the ability to connect with people, to travel, to have these experiences. That was really what I found that I love to do and connecting with people. I didn't need to be a musician to do that. Right. And yeah. so much of my energy and joy comes from that. And so it's really good to ask ourselves, what is our motivation? What is our intention behind getting the thing or achieving the thing that we're setting out to achieve? Because I think when we really boil it down, maybe there's another path to get you where you want to go when maybe you would have believed that there was maybe only one path. Mm -hmm. But I hope that for a lot of us, when we feel this pressure to chase this one path that maybe culture and society is telling us to chase, we can actually stop and say, what if there is another way? I mean, what? Let's just, okay, crazy. What if there's another way and another <laughs> path? And then yeah. you know, if I think about music, you could actually say that that was one of the great failures of my life, not achieving this massive yeah. goal that I'd set for myself. But when you think about that as a failure, I also have seen all of the lessons that I've learned from that and the unique journey that it's allowed me to go on, which really has led me to where I am now. So, mm -hmm. so much of the way that I look at failure and challenges and setbacks are more lessons. And I have a friend who, uh, a guy named Scott Hamilton has been teaching me a lot about how to deal with failure and challenges. And here's a guy who had 
a, you know, cancer and three brain tumors. And he talks about them as a blessing. And I'm like, Scott, how can you talk about a brain tumor and, you know, all in cancer as a blessing? He said, Tim, cause it made everything possible. And so I think for so many of us, when we are up against these challenges, it almost for a lot of us feels like maybe the end of the story. Mm-hmm. And I just don't believe that's true. I used to think that that was kind of mm-hmm. true, but I, I, I've learned some very different things now. And actually the success we're looking for, that meaning, that fulfillment in our lives can come through these seasons of life. Maybe where we wanted to be a musician and it doesn't work out, but now here I am doing what I'm doing because of the unique journey it's led me on. So now I'm grateful for that failure. And um, the other day, I, I mean, every morning I, I write three things in my gratitude journal that I'm you know, grateful for. And mm. something I wrote the other day was, I'm grateful for the challenges I will face today. Yeah. And I've just started to look at challenges like that. Really? I want to be grateful for them because that's where I get my best learning. Mm, I like that. It's interesting. It's very different. It's the, it reminds me, I've just been listening to a podcast today, actually, from, uh, you probably don't know him, but he was, he's Andrew Strauss, and he was the England cricket captain, one of the most successful England cricket captains. You don't have cricket. <laughs> but he is a big deal. First question, what is that. cricket? I'm, so, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Let's not go there, but he's one of my favorite, my favorite sports. So um, I was listening to him chat, and he... Um, couple of years ago he lost his wife to cancer actually and he was mm. chatting about you know this really successful guy was just chatting about the realities of life and having two kids and how that that kind of affected them and and he was saying at the towards the end he said the one thing that's most come out of it for him the thing that stood out is that he's really questioned what are his priorities in life and how it has to be about the purpose that we live by it can't be you know just achieving things and this is a guy who's achieved so much and we'd all go yep. wow like i would love to have been the greek captain believe me it would have been <laughs> awesome <laughs> and yet he's still going do you know what all of this has made me go what's my what am i adding value in this world how am i bringing living by my purpose rather than just trying to achieve stuff and where are my fulfillments with my family and it's just fascinating how unfortunately death does that doesn't it to us because it does it's a sad time but it does make us go why am i here and this is someone who's so successful on the outside you know we go wow is still asking the same questions and going do you know what i don't know if i am living each day as purposefully as i could be amazing isn't it and and just to give a little different language to that i think the question we're all asking is what is success really (laughs) because if we get to the end of our lives what is it that really matters yeah you know i would say success is pursuing the things that matter most and not letting other things get in the way or distract us from that and you know this guy scott i was telling you about who had you know the cancer and brain tumors one of my favorite things that he says, he's like, what's the point of doing anything if it's easy? It's so much more valuable when a challenge has to be overcome. And, you know, I, uh, one of my favorite books is A Million Miles in a Thousand Years by Donald Miller. And 
in the book, he talks about the elements of story, like what makes a good story, a movie that you would want to go see, what are the elements of a great story? And then how can we apply those same principles to our life, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and one of the things that he talks about in there is that challenge makes the story. Mm. Overcoming that challenge is what makes the whole thing work. Because if you go to a movie about somebody who goes to college, they get straight A's, their parents actually paid for all their college, they have no debt, um, they got a job right out of college, they didn't even have to struggle. And in fact, the, the place that they applied gave them more of a salary than they even asked for. Um, they married the first person they ever dated. They had kids as soon as they wanted to. You know, it's like, this is a pretty boring <laughs> story, right? It's like, we're That's just true. sitting here waiting for the problem, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because we yeah. know that good stories are about a challenge that has to be overcome. And that's what I learned in that book. And so I've started to look at my life that way. It's like, what if these challenges are the things that actually cause our stories to be beautiful and meaningful and inspiring, right? But I think for, for a lot of us, those stories are only impactful if they're about something greater than ourselves, right? And I was at this conference and heard a, uh, a guy named Andy Stanley speak. He's a pastor in Atlanta, Georgia. And Andy in the conference, we were talking about finding your purpose and meaning and all these things. And he said, the problem in our culture is everyone's kind of asking these, what's in it for me? Why am I here? These kinds of questions, which you would think are pretty normal questions to ask as we're trying to navigate our own path. But he said, those are the wrong questions. The question you need to ask is, who am I here for? Mm -hmm. Because all of us want to be the end. He said, no one's willing to be the means to the end. Everyone just wants to be the end. And so this question, who am I here for, requires us to show up and bring our best, to do our thing, to operate out of our gifts and skill sets and abilities and bring those each yeah. and every day. But what it does is it flips us into a posture in service of others. Like yeah. I come in and do my best work for what? for somebody else, right? So this posture of helping others win, being of service to others, I think that is what can lead us down a really interesting path because the best stories not only are about overcoming challenges, but they're also about something bigger than ourselves. And a question like, who am I here for can set us on a path to chase in our lives and careers that are just a little bit bigger than maybe what we're thinking of currently. Yeah, that's really good. I love what you said in the book about um, you don't have to be anyone to win, because I think so often we think winning means there are losers, because almost by default in your head, that, that is the definition of a winner. Um, I just thought that was really good. And I wondered if that was part of what you're saying, really, that the journey and the journey to winning is actually about assisting others to win on their journeys as well. Um, because of the understanding that we've all got a different outcome when you're kind of following your goal. Is that what you're yeah. kind of thinking that it's assisting others is a major part of winning rather than blasting past everybody? Yeah, there's, um, when I was working with Donald Miller and StoryBrand, I worked with that team for almost 10 years. <clears throat> 
And we built, we had a staff of almost 30 people and it was doing really well. And I did all of the hiring in that time. Uh, so every single person that worked at that company, I was the first employee ever. So I hired everyone along the way. <laughs> and uh, one day there was a, uh, a resume that came in and on this person's resume, they had um, in their past experience, one of my favorite brands listed. And I couldn't wait to talk to them about what it was like to work at this company. And if I actually said the name of the brand to y'all, you would know it and likely own products from this brand, even where y'all live. It's, it is, man, I just said y'all too. Y'all. <laughs> that is a very natural <laughs> thing. <laughs> so if, uh, yeah, you, you would know uh, this brand. And so in the first interview, I said, all right, tell me everything. I was just so excited to, to hear more. And she said, mm -hmm. you know, it's a, it's a really competitive environment, but here's the thing. Nobody there has your back. Wow. I'm like, what do you mean? Nobody there has your back. And she went on to describe that these people were so interested in their own journey, their own path, their own winning that they felt to assist anybody else or give time and attention to help somebody else win would hurt their chances mm -hmm. of winning themselves. So they, they wouldn't do it. They yeah. were always wanting the credit, the spotlight, the attention, the recognition that would allow them to climb the ladder. And I think that philosophy is pretty faulty, really, that we're now measuring ourselves in, uh, against a scoreboard that I just don't think really is it's going to be super sustainable. That's not what life is about, in my opinion. And, you know, I think they're operating, these people would operate out of a, a scarcity mindset. If you win, I can't win, mm -hmm. right? Like yeah. that's how it works. And I just, I don't see things that way. And in the book, and you know, I, I call this unique group of people, the secret society of success. They're who have taught me a new way to live and a new way to define success. And so the journey I've been on is learning to live in the way of the secret society, trying to model my life in the way that these people live theirs. And the secret society would operate more of, you know, with, with an abundance mindset, which is there's enough for all of us. Mm -hmm. yes. you know, what if I can actually show up and help you win? That actually doesn't hurt my chances at all. And in fact, in my healthiest moments, I am helping other people win without even thinking about how it impacts me. Because I, I, uh, I heard somebody say, help enough people win and eventually you'll get what you want. Help enough people get what they want. Eventually yeah. you'll get what you want, right? Mm -hmm. Which I think that's a start. At least we're, we're, we're now starting to think about <laughs> helping other people. Yeah. But that also can be a pretty slippery slope because if the motivation yeah. and helping somebody else is that then we get something in return, I also am concerned about that approach mm -hmm. because- wait, so I'm only going to do this and help somebody yeah. if I get something? It's like, I don't know. Like the way the secret society would say instead, help people get what they want, period. Yeah. yeah. Nothing on the other side of the equal sign, just a belief that the rest will take care of itself, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so that's the way that I'm trying to show up. That's the way that I'm starting to define success is, I don't have to beat anybody to win. And in fact, me assisting others is success, period. That's it. 
right? Like, let that be the way that we operate. You talk about in the book a little bit about how you don't also have to wait until you're the leader or in a leadership position, even, but mm-hmm. the way you can choose how you show up to your day. I really like that. I think so often yeah. we wait until, well, if I was the leader, I'd, I'd do it like this. Or if I was, you know, the person in charge of that thing, I'd do it like this. Whereas actually it was a really good challenge that actually, no, today, start, it starts today, doesn't it? It's like, how can I control what I bring? Even if there are others in my team at work that are not, you know, bringing some, something opposite of this, I can still bring this. This is my responsibility. I think that's quite powerful and empowering, really. Yeah, there's a lot of people like exactly you're describing. They're waiting for, they're waiting to be the leader of the team. They're, they're waiting for some kind of a platform. They want to grow their social media following, and then they can really start doing the work that they're passionate about. And you know, I, I like to call these stages. Like they're waiting for a stage. Yeah. <laughs> right? Of some kind. It could be a stage where they're leading three or four people, or it could be a stage, you know, in front of a lot of people, but some kind of stage. And I just believe you don't need a stage to make an impact. Mm-hmm. And in fact, you can start now exactly where you are impacting the lives of others. And one of the really practical ways is recognition. Recognition yeah. is powerful because for so many of us, most of us are in supporting roles in an organization. We're you know, for every leader, there's, I don't know, 20, a hundred people not, you know, in a leadership position in some capacity. So the reality for most of us is if we're doing our job well, we become invisible. And uh, let's just think to a concert, right? So I was at a concert here in Nashville and the, the lead singer was standing center stage playing guitar the next song, he jumps a little bit further back on the stage to play piano. And for a minute, the guy running the spotlight lost him. I mean, he just couldn't find him on the stage. If you would have been watching him, you'd have seen him doing what seemed to be like figure eights on the stage, trying to find him, right? The spotlight was going everywhere. And the lead singer kind of joking around, just said, you know, got to stay with me, bro. And kind of everybody laughed and, you know, the show went on. But I just couldn't help but think about the guy running the spotlight. If he's doing his job well with excellence, he becomes invisible. Yeah. And and so many of us, when we show up and do our thing, that's what it looks and feels like. But that, that can lead to some problems because if we're invisible, if we feel invisible, nobody's recognizing us for the work that we do because they're not really thinking about us. They're not seeing the effort in the work that we're doing necessarily. Mm. And the reality is we all need a little recognition to feel valued. Right. Yeah. And so one thing that I challenge people to do is something I like to call shout outs. So um, what, what shout outs are is just calling out the work that somebody does that may otherwise go unnoticed unappreciated, you know, unrecognized, and just make it a point to see these things and call them out because we want to be seen. We want to know that we matter, right? And that's just human. We want to feel valued, right? Like that is a human thing. So how can we show up for others and, and call that out? So recognition has been a really cool thing in 
what, what I was doing with Dawn and StoryBrand, we all made it a point to call out that work behind the scenes. And yeah. we would do it at the end of staff meetings. We would just leave a little time for shout outs, three or four minutes, you know, to just be like, oh my gosh, you, I know we had this event last week and you stayed until 11 cleaning up at the end of the night. Nobody else would have seen that or noticed that, but I just want you yeah. to know, thank you. Like we see you, appreciate you. You're doing great work, right? Um, I mean, it could be anything. I mean, it truly could be anything. So a lot of people would think, okay, to do that kind of thing, I need to be the leader. And that is not at all the case. I mean, you no, can do it exactly. in a staff meeting. You could write down a note just telling somebody how much you appreciate them or you know, how you notice and recognize their great work. Just that kind of thing, starting to notice and recognize one another, I think it's really important because without that, so many of us can start to feel invisible and question our value. And while that's the reality, I don't think it has to be that way. I think that, yeah. that we all can band together as a group of people to make recognition a part of our culture and our environment. Yeah, because the irony as well is that often, like in society, we think, oh, we want to be at that level. We want to be the famous one. We want to be the head of every, you know, of the organization or whatever. And the irony is as well is that without this value, often those leaders are also people that feel you know unrecognized and unfulfilled by being in that status position it's weird how many times you hear of rock stars that have you know actually not enjoyed that in the end because they felt lonely and it's yeah. weird it's like what i really like about what you bring is i feel like you're not saying it's bad to have those roles it's bad if you end up there it's just it's dangerous when we just aspire to that and and that's it and that's what yeah. I love. So this idea of bringing value can apply to everywhere, life, at home and everywhere, can't it? And, and to people who are, you know, your manager or people that are in your team, you know, any, anywhere, really. It's just a great value to bring into life. Yeah. And, and that I would say the thing that I'm so glad you're bringing this up, because the thing that I think we're up against is what I call the spotlight mindset. Yeah, this unhealthy desire for attention and recognition. And the spotlight mindset actually can play out in a lot of the different ways. There's a few symptoms of the spotlight mindset. Comparison is one. Yeah. Are we comparing? Are we just constantly looking at other people and judging our own success against theirs? Right? Yeah. Um, striving is another symptom. Are we on this endless pursuit for more? You hit a certain level, you know, your business hits a certain revenue number. There's always another one, right? It's like, yeah. you'll, you'll never happy on that pursuit. Striving is a thing, no matter what we achieve, there's always more. So striving can be the symptom of spotlight mindset. Another symptom is damaged relationships. So sometimes on this pursuit for money, fame, power, these cultural definitions of success, it can actually harm and damage relationships with the people that we value the most. Mm. And um, there's a guy uh, here that also lives in Nashville named Michael Hyatt, and he's an author and a speaker. And um, in one of his books, he talked about a particular failure that he had um, early in his career. And he was given the opportunity to lead a division at a publishing company. And this division was ranked 14th out of 14 in all the important metrics revenue, team morale. I mean, they were at the bottom. And Michael told the then CEO, hey, give me three years, I'll turn this thing around. 
Well, in only 18 months, he was able to turn the business around in half the time that he had promised. And now his division was at the top revenue team morale, mm. all that. So he's holding the biggest bonus check that he had ever received in his life. In fact, it was larger than his annual salary. He couldn't wait to get home, tell his wife about it. He's like, she was my biggest fan. She was going to be thrilled. And he sits down with his wife when he gets home and she says, we need to talk. And with tears in her eyes, she says, your five daughters need you now more than ever before. And in fact, I feel like a single parent. So here, Michael had achieved all this success at work, right? Turning this company around, increasing their revenue. Team morale was at an all-time high. And yet, the relationships with the people that mattered most to him were suffering because of it. Yeah. And it really just showed him success looks like winning at work and succeeding at life, right? It's both. And so the point that you made earlier, which I, you know, I'm so glad you brought this up is the spotlight mindset. That's the real problem. And all of us suffer because of it. The secret society, it, it has little to do with your position, where you fall on the org chart. It has way more to do with the posture that you show up with each day. So are you going to be operating out of this, who am I here for mindset, right? Are you going to be helping others win? I don't care if you're the boss or a, you know, in, in a supporting position, all of us can learn to live in the way of the secret society. And in, in the book, when I talk about, hey, stop chasing the spotlight, what I really mean and what I really am talking about is don't get caught up in the spotlight mindset, this unhealthy desire for attention and recognition. Yeah, that yeah. is the thing that we all need to be worried about because there's some people in amazing spotlight positions that are doing a whole lot of good, yeah. right? You know, like one of my favorites is you know Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple. And before Tim Cook was CEO, he was COO under Steve Jobs. So yeah. Steve Jobs passes away and the person that had been groomed to take over is Tim Cook. So we're at the release of the Apple Watch and Tim Cook is asked on national television, is this the moment for you, the moment of your career at Apple? And just think about it, if you're Tim Cook, how you would have responded in that moment. You would have likely been thinking about the past several decades of work that you had done under the radar in the shadow of Steve Jobs, probably want to use this as an opportunity to revel in the spotlight, let people know you're the man for the job. But that's not how he responds. Is this the moment for you, the moment of your career at Apple? He says, well, it's a moment for Apple. I don't really think about myself that much. So here you have the person who's running one of the largest companies in the world, couldn't be more in the spotlight, actually modeling for us what it looks like to live in the way of the secret society, yeah, yeah. which is not taking the bait of the spotlight mindset, not trying to raise his hand for attention or trying to take the credit. But in fact, he's deflecting the credit, giving it to his team because he knows something like an Apple watch. It was not from him. It's like, yeah, he's a part of the team, but this took hundreds, if not thousands of employees to pull off. So mm -hmm. learning to live in the secret society, defining success isn't about us getting the attention and the recognition but in fact, Tim shows us, Tim Cook shows us that success can look like giving away the credit.
something I've been thinking about is, um, so you've worked with that, you've referred there to Apple and how you actually work with them, didn't you, in, in Apple. You've worked with Tom's, which is like one of my favorite <laughs> shoe brands. <laughs> Linda will say, yeah, I buy, the, I buy at least one pair a year. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and you've also, got some already now. <laughs> and a long time with Donald Miller at Story Brand. Um, and you kind of referenced some of the traits of these that you've picked up in these different places in the book and and kind of collate it under the secret society but i'm wondering for you when when is this kind of when have you got the clarity i know you get moments in life what well, i do where you go ah that and that and that so is this how long has this been kind of bubbling up in you this secret society of success concept i mean obviously you've been journeying the good bits when you've experienced them and you yeah. talk about them and it's not been intentional necessarily that it's been part of this thing but you've kind of picked out all these good bits and gone actually this is the key this is why how we need to do it how's that come together yeah so about five years ago i'm at an event uh, that bob goff hosted called dream big mm. and um at the end of this little retreat this you know couple day workshop they went around the room and asked everybody all right what's your big dream and I said out loud for the first time, I want to write a book. Mm. It was just a goal, something I thought would be really fun. And yeah. working alongside Don for as long as I had, I'd gotten to see and experience in my own life the power that books can have in shaping people's lives and, you know, for the better, right? Mm. And so it just, I thought it would be so fun to try to do it. And so that journey led me on, okay, if I'm going to write a book, what would I want it to be about? And I just kept feeling these messages around success. And it's almost everywhere that I looked, every podcast that I would turn on, I just started hearing people talk about it. But what was interesting is in all this talk about success and the problems with it and you know people's journeys towards success, whatever that may be for them, I just didn't feel like anybody's really talking about any solutions. Nobody's giving any alternatives to how we can pursue and, you know, chase this. So as I think about all the different stories of people who are living life a little bit differently, modeling for me a new way, it, I just started, you know, cataloging all these things, curating yeah. this into a little group, and then trying to figure out how do we communicate this in a way that makes some sense. Mm. Um, and so it's been about a five-year journey from the wow. first moment that I said it out loud to now, you know, having a printed book in my hands, which is yes. a little surreal and wild. But um, yeah, I've been inspired by people who, oh yeah, there you go. I love yeah, it. all the way to the UK. We got it. <laughs> I love it. I've, I've just really been inspired by a lot of people who've um, just shown me this new way to live. And it's... Mm. It doesn't have to look and feel like everything that we're hearing right now. And so I, I, I'm just curating stories as much as anything, uh, which has been quite a fun, quite a fun experience. I, I didn't finish college, but I would imagine if I would have finished college, this is the kind of project they would give you is like write a college thesis or whatever they have you do a research yeah. paper. This is just a really long research paper. You know? I guess like would you look back and go you'd intentionally move when you when you chose the jobs that you chose and even moving into toms and then moving into um story brand did you 
was it always values led? Is that what what kind of got you into this? Or was it kind of just you've ended up in these places where you're like, wow, actually, this is really even better than I was expecting because of this level of integrity and, you know, yeah. in life. I've always wanted to partner with people who I was really inspired by mm. and do something that brought me a lot of joy. I, I just believe that your job for most people, um, we have the opportunity to do kind of whatever we want. And for me, it's never really been about the money. I feel like I just want to do something I'm passionate about, bringing my skill set to make something better and you know participate in some way. And when I was working at Tom's, that was that was it. I just was so inspired by what they were doing. Um, I very much thought about money as an afterthought. I think that was like an internship that I did for about six months. I think I was making $50 a week, which hardly <laughs> pays for peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. You know? <laughs> peanut butter and jelly. That's Linda's favorite, actually. Yeah, hey, nothing wrong with peanut butter and jellies. I've eaten a lot of them. Um, but I, I, and same with Apple. That I started working at Apple right after I got married. And I only applied at two places, Whole Foods. I don't know if you guys have Whole Foods, no, like no grocery store, kind of, you know, organic kind of grocery store. Um, just a great company to work for. And Apple, I only applied at those two places. I got the mm. job at Apple and worked there for a few years, all the way up until when I started working with Don. And, right. I, but why did I want to work at Apple? Well, Steve Jobs was CEO at the time. They're, you know, I, I was working at Apple when they released the first iPad. Um, which was just so exciting to be a part of that. I just felt like it was such a cool moment in history to be a part of that, to work under a, an iconic leader. And if there's one thing that I've learned from Steve Jobs is, you know, this idea of the joy is in the journey. And I think for so many of us, we're looking for these peak moments in our lives to measure success, to say, I've made it, I've arrived. And what I've learned is those moments don't really exist. There's, mm. there's not ever really a peak or a pinnacle. It's, we're all a work in progress. For all of us, we are about continuous improvement, right? So here you have Steve Jobs, who's had all the success you could imagine, running one of the largest companies in the world, at the time, you know, some of the most popular at times in our history, some of the most popular products in history, right? It's like everyone that I know is carrying an iPhone in their pocket, right? The guy's had significant impact. And so here he is telling us what success is. And he says, the joy is in the journey. Yeah. Right. And it's like, he's figured it out. It's about the journey, the process, never arriving. It's about the journey. So having the opportunity to work alongside those kinds of people is really, um, I'm, I've, I've experienced more in my life than I deserve to have experienced. And I'm very grateful for all of it. And, you know, what's also interesting though, is I don't think it's this, it's, it's it. I, I've not arrived. There's yeah. all, for all the things that I've been able to experience and I'm so grateful for, I also feel like 
I just feel like God's doing something else still. Mm. And I'm like, all right, God, what's next? I, I don't know, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I'm just yeah. going to keep showing up because I just want to be a part of it. Whatever it is, I want to be a part of it. So I keep making God. decisions to push me down that. Yeah, you mentioned God, which is great. So how much does your faith affect the book and your, your journey? It's so interesting because if you think about all the different ways that I outline in the book, like what success is, what does it look like to live in the way of the secret society? And we talk about things like, helping others win, asking who am I here for, right? Like embracing our challenges, learning from failure. Like this is what it looks like to live in the way secret society. If there is a foundation, a common denominator for all of these people, it's mm. this idea of serving others. Mm. Well, where do you think we learned that from? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So it's like, as we think about success, here you have a guy like Jesus who models like success is to serve. Yeah. So then how and why would I want to live any differently from that? Yeah. You know, yeah. It, if you think about, okay, what is it in us that wants the spotlight, wants the attention and the recognition? It's like, no, that's not it. Right. Like, in fact, Jesus would heal people and be like, tell no one. Mm. He didn't need the credit. He didn't need the spotlight, you know? And so faith is a really, you know, huge part for me. And yet I'm, I've, I tried to write this book from a fairly faith neutral perspective so that um, now we can impact people in business, but teach them these lessons of service, like, Come on. How great is that? It's, and yeah, so yeah. that's that's really my hope is that it can help uh, help us really define success in a way that God would define success. You know, I don't really say that in the book, but that's definitely truth for me in my life. In fact, one of the first times I started following you on social media is because I, I I'd heard of you from Storybrand, but you put a comment on one of my favorite. This will mean nothing to people who don't know him at all. But you put a comment on Michael W. Smith's post. And then I saw you and I was like, oh, right, okay. And I clicked on you and I was like, oh, yeah, he's the CEO of Story Brands. So I followed you on that. And I remember, because he's like one of my heroes growing up. He's like, if you don't know him, then you just don't know. But if you know, you know. And he's like, <laughs> That's a different secret society. <laughs> <laughs> I don't go looking at he's a little bit cheesy isn't he but he was absolutely like such a hero of mine growing up and I loved his music through you know the 80s and 90s and um and then moved into the worship stuff as well but I just loved the way he carried himself with such integrity and it was before all the online stuff really so you didn't get you only got glimpses of and the, and the albums and glimpses of him but I remember you seeing that I was like ah great Tim likes him as well <laughs> So let me tell you, Michael Levy Smith is one of the greatest people of all time. And talk about oh, secret society. Better. Talk about yeah. secret society. I mean, I've never been around him and had him model anything other than this. He's very humble. You know, he's achieved all the success that you could yeah. imagine. And he's just doesn't have an ego. Nice. Um, and 
So here's this crazy Amazing. story. This is one of those like pinch me moments. So I'm up at this. Uh, he and I were with a group of, I don't know, 15, 20 other people up in Canada at this little, you know, couple day retreat. And one of the nights we just thought it would be fun. We had a stage and we were like, all right, anybody that here that plays music, I cop up and, you know, it'd be so fun to just have people play songs. I've, I've okay. I jumped up and played a song. <laughs> he, of course. He, along with other people, gave me standing ovation. And I'm like, uh, you heard me yeah. sing a song. It's a crazy thing. Okay. So, so he, there were other musicians in the, you know, in that group that went up and played some songs. Um, so he goes up last, right? And yeah. we're all like, Good job. Good job. friends are friends forever. So <laughs> he plays like a medley of some of these songs. And I'm standing in a room with 15 people so hearing cool. Michael W. Smith <laughs> on a piano singing some of these songs. It's wild. Watch just good. one of those that moments you're dream. like, what am I doing here? Is this real? Is this real? And you just played. And then, and then he, um, so he lives in Nashville too. And so he and uh, I will play golf from time to time, which is really fun. Oh, so nice. he's like the sweetest human being Even of all time. He's the best. Oh, I, that makes me so, so happy. I had no idea. That's how. Yeah. We, uh, yeah that's when I first started following you on social media. I was like, Ah, yeah, because it was those two oh. worlds kind of overlapping. Because we've loved the story brand. We've done that with CLO and with Linda, and it's been. Uh, we've got. We've had one of the one of the only UK guys um, who uh, is practitioners. Is it? Is that is that what you called them or the guides? I guess guides. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That was help has been part of our really helping us. Um, with that so that's been amazing we're still obviously just it journeys on it keeps going mm. um but it's brought so much clarity to us even just doing story brand which you had so much so to cool. do with has brought so much clarity to us of really i feel like just discovering again our identity as people as much as you know as much as the business it's just so important if you know who you are isn't it and that's what this is yeah all about just me being confident in who I am that I don't need to be one up on people it's just I want to be myself and be a blessing to people and yeah and that's a huge part of story brand is this idea one of the key premises of that is be the guide not the hero Mm. yeah 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 yeah. right well what is that that's exactly what we're talking about Mm. that's help others win that's showing up with a who am I here for mindset that's serving others right yeah. if you're the guy not the hero you get to focus helping somebody else and so that has been that's really shaped me in a lot of ways that's the company that I really grew up in and this was the mindset that we tried to show up with every day so I I just feel like you do that as a business, you do that as a spouse, you know, show up and care about somebody else. Because yesterday I get home and I want to just offload everything to my wife about everything that I've experienced. But this is where learning to live in the secret society, I'm just like, let me actually find out how she's doing first. Mm. You know, it's like, let me think of someone else first. 
So yeah. that's even the simple little ways that this is really starting to shape. Mm. And so I just, I'm like, Hey, tell me everything. Like, how'd your day go? How is this? How yeah, is it? Yeah, you know, yeah. she had a couple of meetings that I knew she was going to, and I just check in with her on that. And, you know, so just thinking of other people is a really great place to start, you know, really good. Tim, we could talk for hours and hours. It's and- <laughs> really good. Love it. You can't take too much of your time, but it's been so good. And thank you for doing this book. I really, I think you've articulated some really important lessons for life. And yeah. it's something which I think is a game changer. People need to read and it, you know, affects our work, but like life, like we say, and I think it's just, even our mental health, like these kind of uh, yeah. tools for us just to sharpen how we, bring ourselves and live mm-hmm. our lives and um it's really great so thank you for coming and hanging out with us today yeah thank you tim <laughs> oh i, I mean i'm wish you all the best with this book this, this makes me so happy to talk to you guys the accents just warm my heart and i know this is no big deal for you all but this is like highlight of my day and this has really been a a north star for me as i've been working on this book and you know really the direction that I want to head in my life. And Albert Schweitzer says this, I don't know what your destiny will be. Some of you will perhaps occupy remarkable positions. Perhaps some of you will become famous by your pens or as artists. But I know one thing, the only ones among you who will be really happy are those who have sought and found how to serve. That's it, right? So that's the path that I hope all of us can uh, can can go down. That's the path that we all chase. Yes, yes. Thanks, Tim. So yeah, we'd love you to subscribe um, and go with us on our journey. We've got some weeks ahead, and uh, yeah, we'd love you to set out with us. We've got some offers we'll be doing, bits of coffee information we'll be giving you. So be great if you could follow us. And we've got Instagram, we've got Facebook, we've got website we've even got the old tiktok which is epic so find us out there it's clo which is just clo coffee and you'll uh, spot us around the place